Hey all, for this and some other episodes, if you want to see the unedited video of the Zoom call, go to patreon.com slash philosophyimprov and sign up for a small per episode donation. Thanks. This is Philosophy versus Improv, where two sages try to teach each other a thing or two, and maybe you, the audience, get something out of it as well. My name is Mark Linsenmeyer, an official formal philosophy chap interested in expanding my official purview into improv. And I am Bill Arnett, an improv gentleman, yet simply a young master in the field of philosophy, excited about becoming a full-fledged member of society. And our special guest, introduce yourself. Hey, everybody. I'm Marla Casares. I'm a, an improviser. What I know of philosophy is from the good place, and my <laughs> retention's not that great. So <laughs> That's a, a good place to start, is the good place. <laughs> And you're referring to the TV show and not the metaphorical good place. Oh, you're, you're like, yeah, yeah. I'm referring to the wonderful TV show. <laughs> yeah. We had to get sold on a real fringe Christian ideology here. Yeah. Actually, guys, I brought you here today. <laughs> for yeah. Your whole podcast a year ago was <laughs> It's a spiritual setup. and business opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> I do always think guests must have an ulterior motive, you know, that some of them, they're, we're inviting them on to promote their book, but you don't have a book. So there must be something. And yeah, exactly. if, if uh, you know, you end today with us having joined your cult or whatever it is, then we'll <laughs> yeah. all have benefited. <laughs> Jesus wants you to have this shampoo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, Marla is an old hand around the Chicago improv scene. That's right. Yeah. yeah. You're calling for, your friend for... an old, old hand. An You're... old hand. <laughs> I'm just, yeah, that, you know what I mean. I didn't mean it like that. Metaphorically, An you have a fantastic hand. Shriveled, withered hand. <laughs> calloused. Calloused <laughs> from years of stage time. You know what would help that? Some aloe vera lotion approved by the good Lord himself. Yeah. Every single bottle has a drop of the blood of Christ. <laughs> yeah. I can get you at a, at a special discount <laughs> in bulk. You have to commit to ordering uh, two gallons of it every Every week, but, uh, you know. Which you can resell. You can resell. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and the real money isn't really your downline of disciples. That's where the real money is in recruitment. You know who's got the biggest downline? Mm. No. <laughs> I, was, I was just wondering about that, that if, you, if the top of the pyramid has been sacrificed ritually, something's gone wrong with the business model. Because then it's each disciple then has to start their own thing, or they still have a trust that, you know, the mathematics... Yeah, but if everybody lives like eternally, then it really is never ending, never ending pyramid. It's it's an etern literally an eternal pyramid. So there you go, Mark. I'm just poking holes in all of your objections to my business idea. Well, and clearly you're talking about something that transcends that it has to involve some sort of non monetary currency. So if we're talking about the currency of worship, I mean, is it the case that the the local priest gets a certain amount of acclaim and worship? Which then a certain portion of it gets handed up, but like at least there's enough to live on. Is this the philosophy lesson? No, Mark? no. Are you trying to, are you trying to get? Okay. <laughs> I'm just running with it. Okay. Okay. But I gave a hint in my little intro as to what my topic was going to be. I think it's going to be very easy to bring up in context. Whereas most of the time with an improv guest, I will just throw it out there. I'm going to let it come up naturally. Just to remind the folks listening, if this is your very first episode, you've already turned this off, clearly. But Bill came in prepared with something. I came in prepared with something. Who knows what Marla came in prepared with? But we're going to have that taught to you. It's going to be part of your lexicon, part of your brain. 
by the end, and Marla will have to choose as the judge, as the guest judge, which of the lessons was the most profound, which will have the most earth-shaking long-term effects, the most upline streams. The power. I love it. (laughs) Now, Marlo, I know one thing that made me think of you as a performer is a show you're involved with called World News Tonight. W H I R. Mm-hmm. Get it? That's clever. It's it's world. <laughs> yes, but something that Mark and I have not talked about improvisationally is this whole idea of using inspiration and how to take something external to your show or your experience, perhaps, and turn that into improv. And oh. that is something that World News is doing every night. It's been around for ages. We didn't name the show. Our late founder and director, Jason Chen, named it as a clever little take on a news program. He was super into history and politics, and he spent a while watching folks on stage and trying to see, like, who kind of goes there more naturally and having, like, secret conversations with people, kind of casting secretly. And, yeah, we have the audience cut out newspaper articles, which... Newspapers still exist, thank goodness. I was a journalism major. (laughs) It's nice to feel that. And we use those articles as jumping off points for scenes that kind of heighten or satirize some angle of the news story, maybe explores a, a human angle of what we're reading. Or sometimes we just pick out like something absurd or some word choice or some turn of phrase that's kind of silly to poke fun at that the audience may have missed. But that not being the best way for my brain to work. And over the years, I've sort of built those neural pathways. And now it is something that I really love doing. Yeah. And it isn't simply just redoing the newspaper article. Here's a story about some guy got pulled over with a car full of oyster shells or something, you know, and it's how ridiculous is it? Florida man, probably just, you know, (laughs) probably it isn't just redoing the newspaper article in improv form, but slicing, dicing, looking for inspiration. Yeah, you don't want to give the audience something that they've seen. And a lot of what we do that draws straight from some audience point of inspiration does that. You kind of dig a level deeper or you pull out something surprising. You know, when we work with monologues like in an Armando or something, you're not just replaying because that's that's kind of like what they just heard. You want to surprise them with some some take that's unique to your lived experience and your point of view or the or the ensembles, you know. Yeah. For anyone listening at home, Armando and monologues, the idea that you could have any person from society. Mark, you could come down to Chicago one, one, of these, one of these weeks and deliver monologues. Just we'll get a topic for you. and You can just talk on a certain topic and the improvisers will. Fancy word is deconstruct. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to say it, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how do I explain this without sounding like an a-hole? <laughs> Pretentious. Yes, yeah, so you can do that today. That's what I have enjoyed about this podcast is that you can do all your college stoner theories and no one will turn up their nose i might wait until i have just had a stroke or something so that i deconstruct my own speech such that it's not even comprehensible and it just becomes okay. <laughs> completely uh like a rorschach sort of uh what do you do if the person delivering the monologue is talking complete nonsense or what what do you, that, well again this is a real uh, question you can find something i think i mean on a very granular level like we do this if an audience member yells out dildo for the 400 billionth <laughs> time like we're trained in finding something smart and interesting and new in our source material right our inspiration so was there a scene or something we wanted sure to- in fact mark would you like to try deconstructing a news article or <laughs> i can pick something up offline here from cnn.com who have given us no permission to use their material 
Uh, <laughs> I would love to get a cease and desist. I think it would help market the show quite a bit. Should we be looking at the same thing or what does it mean? Well, I, can, for- I can read it out okay. loud, the first paragraph or two, and then we'll go from there. And maybe if Marlon wants to start the scene or I can start the scene based on something from this article, we can, we can launch in. Is that cool, Mark? And then by the end of the episode, you can try one. I'm up for it. I'm up for it. There, there is, there, there can be, depending on, on how you look at it. This is something that some people are just naturally good at. There can be some black magic, but there can be some technique as well. It's something that we can, we can definitely, definitely discuss. Is everybody ready? Let's go. I've pulled up CNN.com. Fine purveyor of mainstream news stories. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, this article I, I, I is thought interesting- of really something funny to call it the lamestream media. Have you, have you ever Ooh, thought of that? It's like, it's like It's like almost Ooh, a rhyme, boy. but it's not. <laughs> Marla, I've had to deal with this for over a year now. This is from Katia Heder and Stephen May, who's over at CNN. Why the U.S. kept daylight savings time? Pick something kind of dry here, Mark, to kind of go to your point. It's almost time for clocks to spring forward one hour. On the second Sunday of March at 2 a.m., clocks in most of the United States and many other countries move forward one hour to stay there for almost eight months in what is called daylight savings time. On the first Sunday of November, clocks fall back one hour. The current March to November system that the U.S. follows began in 2007. But the concept of daylight savings, of saving daylight, is much older. Daylight savings times has its roots in train schedules, but it was put into practice in Europe and the United States to save fuel and power during World War I, according to the U.S. Uh, Department of Transportation. Pro tip, it's daylight saving time with singular use of saving, not savings. All right. I don't know if, Marla, you have something. I might have a little thing in there. Go for it. Are Go you sure? It. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you're excited about it, yeah. I'm not excited about it. I just had to have something. <laughs> if you have something, uh, yeah, let's do okay, it. Okay, all right. And, and in the fact, Marla, if you want to demonstrate one too, we can do two shorties here. Hey, everybody. Uh, I don't mean to disturb your lunch. You seem to be having lunch here. I'm not your server, but a little pro tip. Put your cloth napkin, dunk it in your water, and you can get the sticky sticky off your fingers. Oh, from the ribs? Yeah, from, from the, the ribs, barbecue from sauce? The ribs, from the barbecue sauce. Oh, you don't need okay. a wet nap. You can make your own wet nap. I just thought I'd let you know. But the wet nap, but that's what the intention of the wet nap is. The napkin is for placing in the lap and well, using. <laughs> Terry, just take the suggestion. Just take it. I mean, he's not it. even our server. Why, why is he giving us advice? I, I, just, I only feel comfortable. Just thank you. That's very helpful. Sure. That's sure. very helpful. Thank you. Now, again, I mean, you get the wet nap, but that's just for everybody. This is pro tip from a barbecue professional. Oh, okay. Well, if you're a professional. Oh, a professional server. Are you you're accredited? Restaurant. Terry. Just take the note, say thank you. Thank you. And then we can move on with our meal. If I I don't know the source, I want to make sure that it's properly sourced. It's probably sourced from his years of working at a barbecue restaurant. And we're going to just take his word for that? I mean, what kind of, uh, do you have any sort of evidence? I mean, what are the procedures for establishing a chain of custody here for the advice that you're providing? I just saw you over here enjoying some ribs, join some chicken wings, and I thought I'd stop over and just give you guys some some a little friendly advice. Thank you. So they're no delicious problem. and a sticky. I really appreciate you noticing probably the glisten on our fingers from across the room. So thank you. We'll take it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it right now. Thank you so much. See Jerry, that's it. We just say thank you and we move on. Okay. All right. Thank you. Please move on. You know, actually, I, one more thing. Well, I mean, I just saw you did have some chicken wings it's not, on your. It's on your not table. moving on. Uh, you've got the drumette. That's the little drumstick. And then you have the long one. It's called a flat in the biz because they're kind of flat shaped. A little pro tip here. You take the flat, you grab the both ends and you twist it a little bit and it'll come loose. And when you pull, one of the bones will slide right out 
And then you have like a, another little drumette. Makes it easier to eat I rather than fiddling. I did not know that. Thank you so much. Hey, no worries. Enjoy. I would get trapped between the two bones sometimes and would not know how to get out of that. So thank you so much. And I didn't even catch your name. My name is Gerald. Gerald, that's right. Thank no you. Worries. Thank you well, so no much. Worries. I'm I'm Jerry. I mean, my I'm a, ah, we got I've, the same name. Are you I've, kidding? I've, well, you probably deserve an extra pro tip. How would how would that make you feel, sir? All right. What, what's the rate for that? Here's the, here's the, here's another pro tip for it. Right, it's free. This is a free for, for one Jerry to another. You can ask for your drink to go. You like that sweet tea? If you want, I'll get you a styrofoam cup, and you can dump what you got left into a cup. Take it on the road. How's that? I mean, the drinks are for for here. You, we're served here. They're in a glass. So he's being really generous and just saying that we can refill it and just take it to go. So thank you so much, Gerald. No worries. Oh, okay. No worries. Appreciate it. Thank you. So now you now you move on, right? I'll move on. Okay. Oh, thank you. Thing. Thank you. Certainly, Julie. I think he's he's not he's not gone. Why is he just staring at us? What is he waiting for us to do? Clearly, he doesn't feel appreciated enough. He doesn't feel all right appreciated, and he keeps throwing out extra pro tips. Yeah. To feel like maybe he's worthy in his role as server. Does any of this sound familiar? He doesn't feel appreciated enough. I can't relate that to anything in our relationship. I'm going to just give him a 20. Hey, uh, sir, uh, uh, Mr. Mr. Gerald. I'd rather call you Mr. Gerald. Is that okay? Whatever you want. Whatever you want. What can All I right, do here's, here's, a, here's a 20. Thank you so much for your tips. Thank you. A, thank you very much. B, it's a little sticky on the edge. It's a little sticky over here. It looks like, sounds like somebody wasn't taking advantage. Of the pro tip. I'm not sure I'm allowed to say this, but if you, after you've touched the bill, put your fingers in the water, I can't can't do this. It's not the chain of custody is not correct. He's who knows where his advice came from. It comes to the table and now it's spinning back out there. This is, this is too dynamic. This, can we just maybe uh, take the whole thing to go? I'll inform your server that you need some stuff. Gerald, can I ask you something? Are you in a relationship? Are you in a long-term relationship? Well, we're at about the 14 month mark. So it's make or break. So, you know, and when your partner, when your partner makes a request around their emotional needs in the relationship, do you demand a source or a chain of custody for that particular request? Or do you just accept it? Well, that would be highly insulting and kind of ridiculous. Your Our feelings are our own and there's no. Yeah, but your feelings are not necessarily your own if they were taken from a women's magazine, clearly. And taken from a quiz, that's not an authentic source of one's needs. It needs require, maybe we're talking about seeing a, a professional that could then pull out the actual needs as opposed to those that one might think that they have. Sometimes something like a quiz is a source of inspiration that leads you on a path to discovering a deeper truth about your own emotional needs. I mean, if the quiz is authored by a professional, but I don't see on Ms. Magazine or whatever it came from, you know, the appropriate. uh... It was an old issue of Oprah Magazine. Okay. Okay. If you want to go straight to a source for many women, Oprah Winfrey. January 2001. You think Oprah herself a time. writes these things. If it was Oprah herself, I would trust that woman's opinion. I would trust my life with, with Oprah herself. It's the people that, you know, just because her name is on something, I don't think she has the time to be writing these quizzes herself. Gerald, we're in the West Loop, the former location of Harpo Studios. Did you ever meet Oprah Winfrey? I know her only by reputation. I mean, she has a very... I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to Gerald, our server. All right. I never met Miss Winfrey, but uh, I'm aware of her presence. She cast a large shadow over the city and the media and American culture. 
And even though this article is old, we still had the towers back in January 2001. I think there is something there. One last pro tip for you, Jerry, if I may. Sometimes people don't need their problems solved. They just need them listened to. I think that's only worth a five here. here. <laughs> we'll stop right, right there. Uh, Yay. Very nice. Very nice. So how did that? I'm a little confused that what that has to do with the time zone. Well, that's just it. My particular pull, my inspiration may not have been there, but I was just trying to, as an example, I think the crowd would enjoy a really, really fun scene, perhaps more so than an appropriate scene that lags. Now, there may be some other ideas out there. If you have a time scene, if Marla has a time-based scene. Can you explain that again? What was your... My pull, my inspiration? Well, at the bottom of the article, it literally says, pro tip, colon, Ah. it's daylight savings time with the singular and not savings. But I'm like, pro tip? Who's professional what? It's not really a pro... It's just kind of like, oh, point of order or just kind of like, oh, usage. But I mean, who's... No, that's great. See, this is where I get real nerdy about this stuff. Like from a show structural kind of pulling out kind of perspective, that kind of scene would have been amazing or that kind of like initiation for like a second or third scene. Those first couple ones, you want to teach the audience like, hey, this is what we're doing. So the connection would be like a bit more explicit with like a, you know, really obvious kind of initiating line that makes the audience go, oh, that's from the article. I see what I'm watching. Yeah. I see the and chain then- of custody. <laughs> well, the pro tip and the chain of custody thing, the neurosis of my character was bringing in the philosophy point, which is some sort of distinction between the forms of behavior and the feeling behind it or something like that. You know, I know, in, Bill, we've addressed this in various ways. I know this is very similar to sort of the rules versus rule-free and improv and things, but I was reading some Confucianism this week, a lot of emphasis on obeying the proper forms, you know, something that is very foreign to our culture altogether. Mm. But we do have politeness. We do have like etiquette. And that's still like a big thing here. Whereas I, as a devil may care rules, rebellious youth was like, I don't need, in fact, those forms, if I get you flowers, for instance, there's no feeling in that. That's just like a customary thing people do. You should just take my word for, you know, I should write you a song or something, something that's personal and direct. As opposed, but then if you don't follow any of those rules, if you don't have the, it's maybe in a relationship, for instance, they might not even get the message. (laughs) You know, they might not think your way, your love language, they might not understand. So having these formal rules or some steps to go through seems kind of helpful. Interesting. Is that what was meant by forms or is there like a broader? For Confucianism, it's ritual propriety. So they were like literally the forms of the dances in the ceremonies and stuff like this. But it's also like, who are you allowed to talk to at a party? How do you address your elders versus, you know, who do you serve wine to first? All this kind of stuff. And it might be kind of our naivete, but I know you think about Japan and tea ceremonies. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it takes three hours to have a cup of tea and who gets served and where everything goes and what you wear and where you sit and where the spoons are. Well, thinking too about like just American culture and how, or Western culture, like, and how we're not so like hierarchy, we're more individualistic, we're Mm -hmm. not so collective, you know what I mean? So I can totally see the connection to Western slash American cultures not being kind of rebelling against having to stick to those rules, you know, because we're so much more individualistic. We're individualistic, but we also have a large society where you mostly deal with strangers, where you might feel like, 
I mean, it was kind of weird, like having to address your parents in a certain way. I mean, we have some of that. Like they probably don't want you to call them by their first names when you're a kid, at least. There's I some... try to do that all the time. It's so weird. It's like, no. I'm not. Doing that. Yeah. And they'll be like, but that's your name. And I'm like, not to you. <laughs> or you might have specific things like, what do you want them to call other adults? What do you want them to call? Your... So I, I think having to do with kids, it's a little more active because we're trying to like make them not monsters. My husband is Southern, just like from all over the South. His family's from Alabama. And when our kids were first like, you know, babies before they became actual people. <laughs> He was like, yeah, I really want them to address adults as like Miss So-and-so, Mr. So-and-so. And we've abandoned it because it's like hard to keep up in the Midwest where nobody does that. And it just looks, it feels weird, just feels kind of out of place here. And I feel like there is no standard thing where some people are Mr. So-and-so or Miss so and some are Ms. first name, uh, yeah, Miss Emily or whatnot, you yes. know. But not everyone's playing by the same rules. So where any group that the kids go to, it's like, well, how is it different in this group from all the, oh, just call me by my first name or. Totally. Yeah. And kids need that consistency as they kind of figure out the rules, the forms of being a human. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they do. They need that consistency. Otherwise, it's like really kind of unsettling and weird for them. You know, I yeah. remember somebody saying it's also a thing like, what do you call your spouses, your, your partner's parents? Call them by the first name? Do you call them mom and dad? Is, or is that just weird? I recall somebody telling me like, you know, I asked my mother-in-law, what should I call it? And she's like, just call me something. This is, I think, is the default for kids, you know, talking to their, that they're either like, hey, Abe's dad, can you do that? Or they just more likely, if they're a little older, and then know that Abe's dad is a weird thing to call a human being. Mm-hmm. They don't call you anything. So it's just like, I will avoid talking to you or... <laughs> And to have that relationship with your in-laws, of course, like, yeah, that would be pretty bad. To... Yeah, my kids are just like, you know, their joint best friend. They share custody of a best friend named Connor. And yeah, it's always like, hey, Connor's mom, Connor's dad. And nothing, <laughs> you already go through such a loss of identity when you become a parent that it's like so in your face of like, hey, you're you're nobody. Your identity is purely based around this other person. <laughs> like You're not a person. But again, I wish at least this area would come to a consensus about how we're supposed to address adults. Well, so that might be just, you know, a symptom of the way things have broken down that we, other countries with more strict hierarchies or less pluralistic cultures, they probably have like, this is how you address somebody on the street that you don't know. Maybe it's not maybe mm-hmm. as important to like, here's what you have to call your mom and how you, <laughs> how you do you know, like, no, work that out among people you love. But with strangers, like what is sufficient for them to acknowledge that you've treated them with enough dignity? Whereas we just have like, are you looking at them funny? Mm, Yeah. I feel like to Americans, like the idea of dignity shows up differently, you know? Yeah. You're looking at me. Yeah. Yeah. Like the ideas of like dignity and respect are kind of like, I don't know, tied more. Yeah. To like masculine. Like I do some writing for this woman who's a... She's super fascinating. She's a business coach and she's Chinese and she taught me a lot about this Asian concept of face. And we it's like leached into our language, right? Like, oh, save face or lose face. It's that idea. But in a lot of Asian cultures, it's just baked into everything. And it's this belief that everybody has this inherent desire for dignity and respect. And if you cause someone to lose it, you have to help them make up for it or help them save face. And it's just a much bigger deal, but it's also expressed more 
in a, a community. It's super interesting. So she coaches business people on how to understand like the multicultural differences, intercultural differences when they're working around the world. Mm -hmm. And that's like one of her big things is like, you got to understand this thing that is not, I don't know. I don't think we Americans, we're not as in touch with it or we can't name it that well. My wife and I talk about like, oh, you know, something comes up at school or there's a a family on reduced lunch or, you know, free lunch or something and, and economic differences. And so many of the programs are like, hey, you'll get some money, you can get some groceries, you get a place to live. You have to beg for it. You have to ask for it. You have to give up your dignity. It's a homeless shelter, but you got to play by our rules. Lights out at eight and you're going to sleep. You know, and it's like, well, wait, wait a minute. Well, I want to give people money on the street, but I don't want them to spend it on drugs, you know, I don't, or, or whatever. And it's like, well, maybe. You need a chain of custody. You need a receipt. <laughs> you need to. Why should I need that receipt? <laughs> I'm asking for this person's free will. You can't be a person anymore. You can't make your own decisions. You can't be trusted. Clearly, you've already screwed things up enough. I'm going to make it even worse. Because why? You, the individual, has screwed things up, not like society. The yes. systems, you know? That's so funny you say that because I had this exact same conversation with my kids last night ah, okay. at bedtime. <laughs> bedtime, when they're supposed to be asleep, when they ask the heaviest questions like, it's like <laughs> well they bro. know you'll answer it they'll know you'll keep them up <laughs> i guess that's it we had the whole conversation about like because chicago public schools breakfast and lunch are free for everybody there's no need to jump through any hoops or you know punish the child yeah you gotta line up over here so everyone can see you're the free lunch line oh man yeah and i was telling them how where, where i grew up in florida in my particular school district it wasn't like that Having to like simplify these really complex things for kids makes you realize how asinine some things are, you know, when you just boil it down. <laughs> Mommy, is it proper etiquette to give homeless people NFTs? Can you? Can you? <laughs> They're worthless. So <laughs> yeah. who are these vaguely British children? <laughs> <laughs> to return to the improv, I really appreciate it. So I often, especially when I'm coming with a philosophy thing I'm trying to struggle in, just by default, make my character neurotic in a way that, you know, is misunderstanding. So, you know, you can clearly see that being concerned about the forms and how much do I tip and what am I, you know, but I really appreciated then you adding the relationship element to it as a third thing. So that the scene was not about my character being this way. It was a fully three-dimensional scene. I think I mentioned earlier that when I started doing world news a long time ago, that it was a little more challenging to me because I'm not, I'm not a premise machine, but you need that balance in an ensemble. And when I finally realized like, oh, I don't have to be a premise machine, (laughs) you know, I can be one of the people that finds the relationship because that's where I'm kind of drawn to more, you know? And then the premise stuff came more easily to me with practice. As we've, you know, talked a little bit before, Mark, it's that you can be this weird flailing character. But the people around you have permission to walk away. You're at a bus stop being weird. Well, the form is you can walk away, you know. But the second we're in a restaurant, we're in public to kind of tie, if I would, I think. The philosophy lesson is, as improvisers, as Marla did expertly, that's an anvil. Now there's a hard surface for your craziness to really make a noise as it strikes. Yes, it added extra, made me wonder about how this character that I had created in a second has to live with another human being, which is not something that we usually try to take on or it's being explored only in this relationship, you know, that it's being created in the scene with the, then it's fun the new to person. See, yeah, then it's fun to see that dude with other people, right? Yeah, totally. It's funny. I was directing some folks and just like, even in a short form game, it was like, establish those characters up top. Just let us know who they are, right? So then all the jokes, we have them like you, like I like this anvil 
metaphor, but it's like the jokes have something to play against. They're not just kind of floating on the ether. They're stronger because they're attached to something. There's, yeah. The idea that like talking about forms, Mark, a first date has a different energy than a third date has a different energy than six months of dating different. And, you know, they all have very different energies and you probably go into a restaurant and guess how long people have been together for perhaps based on their forms and what's polite and impolite. Have they had an argument yet? You know what I'm saying? Like that kind of thing. And they survived their first big fight that month one, you know, month two, you know, when does that occur? You know, and how they are different after that. And now they can burp and fart around each other. And it's not, you know, something that you would hold in on the first date, suddenly a metaphorical fart. There's any number of you know, <laughs> other things you might try to keep from somebody early. As far as, as pulling inspiration, Mark, the other thing that jumped out at me, and this is the other idea I had, was more directly to the article. And as Marla pointed out, if I were to ever join the cast, I would have to have done this first. I screwed up on that one, doing the more obscure one. It's a screw up. I no, violated no. the form. I violated the form. Uh, <laughs> something else that struck me about this was that in one paragraph, we had Sunday, March, 2 a.m., November, 2 a.m., first Sunday, second Sunday, like all in one paragraph. We just had this date salad of times and things. And the first thought was like, I got to be someone who's really snotty about when everything happens. That's way more direct, but not just a replay of what we heard. Mentioning time, mentioning dates, yeah. mentioning things, but just really anal about when everything is and how everything is. Yeah. It's also fun to just even just look at your own human point of view. And it's like, all right, well, what's irritating? You can go broad too and be like, well, what's irritating about daylight savings time? Everybody can relate to what's freaking, you know, irritating about this. Like I know I have every year, every time I have to like really think about it <laughs> with time zones too. It's like my brain doesn't, there's a piece of my brain missing. It's so challenging for me. So I would have probably played with something like that. Sometimes some people in our show, at least you know, it's like, I'm going to come out with some kind of emotional vibe about how this makes me feel. And once I step on stage, I will articulate that vibe in some way that comes off like, you know, a couple opening lines of a, of a premise, too. If you're looking for something techniquey, Mark, the, the one thing that I've heard is take something and put it where it doesn't belong. Take a mm -hmm. behavior, take an emotion, take this idea of a pro tip or the idea of being flustered or someone who's a word salad of dates and times. You know, where does that not belong? The example given to me was, and we may have talked about this a little bit, Mark, this idea of a paramedic is the ultimate. There are very narrow <laughs> rules for an acceptable paramedic mm -hmm. and anything other than immediate care will stick out. So you could take any of these ideas of Marla's ideas or pro tips and put them on a paramedic. And immediately it's like, this is inappropriate. Yeah. <laughs> this is ridiculous. I love that. You could also be like, well, what's another thing to highlight the absurdity and the irritation of daylight savings? What is something else we shouldn't shift twice a year that we're shifting? Uh, I can't think of anything right now, but what is something? We have dessert before dinner from, yeah, from July go. to September. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. Exactly. Like, what? Or something where the stakes are even higher. You're heightening that yeah, yeah. irritation. Like maybe the stakes are higher and it's like life and death some way. Totally. You know? This is where it's helpful to have an ensemble because everyone's brain is kind of like processing. And they've got eight know? ideas. Yeah. They've got eight ideas. Your job is to step out there and just yes the idea until you get it. And then you can start building off together. No, I like that idea of alternate blank savings time, you know. Yeah. What is something you can shift by a unit of one? <laughs> yeah. Almost arbitrary. It feels arbitrary. You don't know about it until you kind of hear about it through the grapevine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Something on the news. Oh, by the way, at 2 a.m. tomorrow, you have to shift something. 
by yeah. one unit. Yeah. Oh, did you realize that tomorrow we have to drive on the right side of the street? Huh? Yeah, it's <laughs> at 2 a.m. That's when it changes. Are you kidding? What if I'm on yeah. the road at 2 a.m.? You better swerve mm. over, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you should have put it in your calendar. Yeah, and I hope you set the reminder an hour later. Because, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so all this is bringing up a lot of good scene ideas, but I got one about five minutes ago <laughs> that I feel like is okay. too good and we should run with. Please. Great. I would love to, Mark. It's not news related. It's <laughs> well, Mark, the whole idea was that we could deconstruct news articles, but if you have an idea, we'll run with it, Mark. All right. Well, I want to thank you both for, for coming. I don't know about you. This is my first time using thruples.com and having a, you know, a blind date with two people at the same time. I know there's not like a lot of, you guys don't know each other, right? This was, oh, okay. That was, yeah, that was important to me that I not be intruding on an existing couple. I feel like it should just be a, you know, blank slate for everybody. I'm glad this service exists as someone who's into this kind of a thing. I'm glad it's hard. <laughs> None of the other websites have a thing to tick. Man, man, lady. That's not, that's not, that's not a, a box you can tick. So this has been nice. Yeah. I'm currently part of two other throuples and they're going great. And I just thought, why not? More the merrier. That would be like a septuple. What are we? Oh, no, but they're separate. They're separate. I'm just part of two other throuples. Sure. Sure. I that's normal. Love, I mean, you two are adorable. This is great. I'm just. Okay. Yay. This is my only throuple. And I just want to say I am dedicated to this throuple. Well, to giving oh, it a try, not to, not to, you know, it's a little early. Fair enough. Well, I'm going to give this throuple of a, a shot. So, cool. <laughs> so these other throuples, are they? Oh my gosh. they're Yeah. The men are super hot. They're all rich, which is like, so I'm like, what? How did that happen? <laughs> oh, yeah, we have yeah. so much sex all the time. It's great. So, I mean, I'm having the best time. So I thought, why not do it again? I have really good organizational skills. Excellent time management. Huh. So, Donald, are you rich? Uh, no. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not rich. I hope That's that, okay. All right. So you got enough rich in your life. Yeah, I'm sure you're rich in other things. I mean, my name is Rich, but it, you know, my, I'm not officially wealthy. It's more salt of the earth types. <laughs> your blue collar thruple, you know, you're uh, going to discount day at, at Six Flags. That's, that's this thruple, you know, maybe. Oh, so homie. Cute. Now, I know uh, a lot of people on a, on a first date of sorts, uh, they don't like to reveal the true them. And I feel like you should just really get it all out there right away, because if somebody's going to not like you, it's better they not like you immediately. I love that. It's so authentic, Rich. Absolutely. Great. So far, I'm really digging the vibes. I love it. I love having this like down home kind of schlubby option, you know? It's just like, sometimes I'm like, too many abs, okay? Too many abs, it's getting old. <laughs> you know? Like, ugh, God. I'm not sure, you know, uh, Susan, it was wonderful meeting you. I'm just, I I'm kind of, I was hoping to find another pair of people that could just dedicate themselves, you know? And um, look, I'm, hey, I'm in the three ways, all right? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not stuck up. I'm not a snob. Wait, wait, wait. What's like a three-way? Three this is a, a thruple. This is like not a three-way. Well, I mean, eventually, I mean, is it not? Okay, now who's the prude? Okay, I thought I was being prudish. I mean, it's just, it's the first date. I guess I just wanted to get out there that I don't really care that much about the physical stuff. And that's kind of why I like to uh, divide my attention because it's a little too intimate with just two people that, uh, I can be around, get the pizza. Oh, 
So you just kind of want to almost be like a relationship personal assistant for a couple? I mean, I feel like as long as that translates into being an equal part of a three-way relationship, yes, that would make me probably most comfortable because human bodies, uh, I don't know. Wow, Rich, I'm sensing that you have a lot of growth and a lot of walls to tear down. I've torn down walls with a lot of guys. And it's a really rewarding place to be once you do tear down those walls. I mean, some walls are good. I mean, some walls are important. Let's just, I mean, we we have to build some abusive exes. You know, there are some walls that I think are, again, I'm I'm down to clown, right? I'm not a prude. Okay. But, we'll, we'll, but we'll, I think we'll, some walls probably should. I'm more interested in emotional intimacy. Like, Paul, what are you most afraid of in the whole world? Being alone, I guess. I don't know. I mean, isn't that what yeah. we're, Go with it. Go with it. Yeah. yeah. Being alone. Why? But then again, I don't want to just be around people that don't care about me or aren't dedicated to me. I'd rather be people who are really, really, really into me, you know, and as much as I am into them, you know, and I mean them in a collective. I don't mean, well, I mean a collective with a cap, but <laughs> more than one, less than six. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> Fellas, I would really be interested in pursuing this or... I don't know, maybe even having you as like my backup throuple, you know, like when I'm just like too worn out from my other throuples. I okay, okay, love the you idea know, of just like sitting on what I'm assuming is like your dirty couch and Rich, you go and fetch us some pizza rolls from the freezer and yeah, then my, we watch your TV, which you probably no streaming services. I'm assuming you can't afford them, but that's okay because I have all of them. I have all of them in my other couples, my other throuples, but there's something here that I don't have. Is it related to what you most fear? What I most fear? Yeah. I mean, just since uh, Paul was good enough to share that, are you ready for real intimacy? It sounds like you're ready for something. And I'm not sure if, you know, the backup thing, when you're tired out from your physical labors, we got to have something left over. So I want to, I want to hear what you're most afraid of in the entire world. So we can have it ready for you. So you can have my fear ready. <laughs> I was just joking there. I was just, I was just joking there. <laughs> I wouldn't uh, use that to emotionally blackmail anybody. Yeah, just tell us. I mean, anything, uh, any illicit financial transactions, any anything that, if reported to the police, would would be bad. I had my fear ready to go, but you really freaked me out with like. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to get you raise walls. I thought your walls were all down. I mean, it sounds like you got a lot of walls that you need to remove. You have some trust issues. Yeah, no, you said the words emotionally blackmail. I mean, that's just a thing that people, I, I just like to get these things out right away. I mean, if people, I guess I'm officially a narcissist on the scale of narcissism. And as long as people are aware of that, then like mm -hmm. they can adjust and, you know, we can live harmoniously. Um. Oh, gosh, my phone's blowing up. It looks like a private jet of one of my... Guys, I'm dating is is ready and just it's we're going we're going to St. Lucia. Enjoy, um, enjoy. Thank you. All right, Paul. How about you and me and the uh, the, the, no, bar okay, the barista? Was... The barista, get out of here. The barista. Yeah, we, I mean, we got to have three. I mean, we, we'll ask her about <laughs> it. Your coffee shop or Michael? Which barista at which coffee shop? Uh, you know, I I have got some emotional blackmail ready for the one at Kava Java here. So I think I think I think uh, we can get a reception short on my end. I may have to <laughs> reboot my machine here. Hey, we'll stop right there. All right. Very fun. Very fun. <laughs> oh, rubbles. Oh, man. What are the forms? What are the customs? It seems there are none. 
my husband and I have a bit where we're like, man, if we were into this, it would be so convenient. We should just like, we should be polyamorous just for help around the house, <laughs> help with the kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a fictional guy we've made up. I think his name is Dan. Neither of us are attracted to Dan, but Dan is so good with the kids and he's such a good cook. <laughs> well, that's why I you s- play the game, you know, what you need to, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I started to wonder, you know, these things are all always associated with just like, this is my sexual fetish, so I have to have this or whatever. Mm-hmm. But what if somebody was into that just for completely non-sexual reasons? Yeah. I just sure. like, yeah, 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 yeah. found that emotionally like, natural. Um, yeah. The uh, board game cafe has an open night if you want to go, you know, like, I'm not sure if this is the avenue. Ouch. Is that a burn on board game people? <laughs> they well, just I'm sure they have some kind of social outlet, you know, that <laughs> yeah, like okay. <laughs> uh, for s- someone to have the courage to go on a dating site. Just, just you know, it's just friends. I mean, most games are better with four, so maybe we better go with four in the throuple, <laughs> quadruple, quadruple, quadruple. No, that was fun, and I, I very much like this idea of. And Mar- you were very quick to mention these other power throuples. Uh, oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this idea of anytime someone is like, I can understand someone being alone. I can understand someone having a single partner but the second you start getting more and more it's like well how do you know when it's enough you know i was in a five way but that was just one too many keep me i'll stick at four you know like (laughs) my executive functioning skills are already garbage (laughs) like (laughs) the logistics like just remembering i can't there's no way they're not enough planners in the world not enough google calendar features for me to be able to keep track of something like that like and yeah, and just going back to forms, right? Like just the relationship forms you develop, right? And the ways you communicate and the little shortcuts and the like, oh, I know when you're doing that, you really mean this and I got to do this. To manage that with multiple people sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can barely manage my own needs, much less my yeah. family's and then some random third party. <laughs> I mean, one thing in that that I brought to that scene that was not fiction was just this idea that I had as a young person when I was, you know, meeting my wife and things of don't put on an act. Don't try to like dress up nice and obey the forms for the first date. You know, and I had some relationships that did not work because I was like, look, here's a stick. Why are you giving me a stick? I just, the stick is the token of my affection. You know, you just got to understand if you don't get my sense of humor and why I would think that that's a cute thing, then maybe we're not right. Oh, well, we're not right for each other. Okay. Bye. But you're, yeah. Uh, yeah. Wait, did you literally give somebody a stick? I think I, I, think I did. I'm like, oh. why is this any worse than buying flowers? It's all a symbol anyway. I just right? got a stick for yeah. you on the ground. Oh, my God. Yeah. But did yeah. you spend money on the stick? Did you make a sacrifice? No. Maybe the flower is a symbol of what you're willing to give up. But it th- through that very same relationship, I was like, I didn't drink wine. I still don't. I'm not. I don't really drink alcohol unless it's given to me. It's like, I don't care enough about it. But, you know, with her, I would buy wine. I would, I would try to like, hey, I'm getting the more expensive wine. Cause like, I know you're kind of into that, right? Or something. And then she informed me eventually, like, I don't actually know the difference. That's not helpful. <laughs> you showing me your, sac- your fr- sacrifice that way. It's not the thought that counts, in other words. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's yeah. the effectiveness of the actual gesture to yeah. the person in question <laughs> and actually connecting with them and not just doing what you think meets the forms according to to your stand. What you what you think the form should be. That's how I maybe have dealt with people a lot in my younger years. <laughs> now maybe you, you mentioned it before, Mark. What did you have inspiration for this scene from anything that happened today or from the article or just 
even sitting on it for the last week. No, no. It was just that we were talking about first, you were talking about first date, second date, third date. And I started to wonder like, uh, what okay. does that mean for, <laughs> there are three of us on the call. So, <laughs> and you could take that attitude, put it somewhere that gets highlighted, mm-hmm. that it gets the spotlight turned on it. I want to thank you, you know, for coming <laughs> aboard the space shuttle where we're having our blind thruple first date. Is that what you mean? <laughs> the blind thruple should, first date shouldn't happen on a spaceship. That's crazy. I get you. You always make it a paramedic. And just like, I'm really <laughs> sorry. You're, is this your daughter? Your sisters? Your sisters, right? <laughs> this is your daughter? Okay. All right. Her leg will be fine. Her leg will be fine. But I see where she, apple doesn't fall far. Let me, you know, just like. Oh, gross. Yes. Marla's making gross face. But again, it's like paramedic. You can always. <laughs> Those paramedics are so cute. I like, I just injure myself so I can call them and then I meet them and, and they're so cute. Anything other than diligent and competent is out of place on a paramedic. So. <laughs> yeah. It's that, where is it out of place? Was there a specific form thing related to dates? It was it the awkwardness of a blind day and it's heightened because now you're like. Now it's three people. It's a paradigm case of that in some cultures, like it's all written, like you don't have to do anything, which is kind of like how weddings are because weddings, like you're so nervous. And if I had to like read a whole paragraph during my wedding, I don't know that I could have handled it. Like I need to just walk up there and they tell me what to do. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't actually remember if I read vows out loud at this moment. I'm sure I'm going to have to. I think we wrote specific things for the minister Mm -hmm. to say in advance so we could be creative about it, but we wouldn't have to like think and remember stuff on our feet. I have heard, maybe it's, it might be more anecdotal. I need to do some research. Probably shouldn't open my mouth, but in some parts of India where they have a history of arranged marriages or, mm-hmm. or there, there is that now that that is slowly kind of retreating a little bit, there's like, well, how do you date? How, how am I supposed to, <laughs> if it isn't arranged for me, how am I supposed to figure it out? We, we kind of look down our nose sometimes at people who have forms that we feel are gross or patriarchal or whatnot, but it's not like they're they're necessarily begging for those restraints to be taken away. It brings like some order and some safety, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. if you know anyone online dating through apps, uh, which I have a couple friends, there are definitely forms that kind of have organically sprung up through that. Very interesting. Someone who, yeah. Someone who has not dated in <laughs> a really long time. <laughs> yeah. t- it's terrifying to me. There's like all this etiquette and stuff and and how you proceed and like stuff you put in your, ah, it's wild. And it seems to be regional as well. Like I, I have a friend who, when she travels, she opens up her apps and the etiquette and the forms that show up, you know, in Florida, for example, sure. are different than what she experiences in, in Chicago. So, yeah, yeah. And I don't think they're written down or like someone teaches it to you. It's just, you start doing the thing and you see like, oh, this is how this works. Yeah. Regional customs. Yeah. 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 Don't send the dick pics until the third week of the relationship or that's your, or that's your profile pic. Yeah. Putting it all out there. I think you should just get it out there right away. And then, you know, they're going to hate you for doing that. Then they'll hate you immediately. But wasn't that the little Confucius I have been exposed to? It's all secondhand, Mark. But oh, wasn't that par- Confucius is here. No, sorry. Well, but when that part of his bag that was just like, <laughs> as long as we all agree on one set of rules, we'll have a stable society. And it almost doesn't matter what they are. You know what? I'm just going to tell you what they are. Just do this. Just do this. And we'll all be happy. And we may not be our happiest. We may not be our richest. 
but we'll have a stable civil society. There's definitely stuff of that. In fact, I, I just finished reading one of his competitors, Motsu, the Moists. And Wait, oh, was there, that was a, like a real time competitor? Yes, no, from back in the nothing. day, from back from oh, the wow. Chinese Warren States period, 400 BC or whatever. He gave the story that's sort of like the Hobbesian, oh, it used to be everything was chaos. And then we have a ruler and that gives order. Well, the big problem was everybody had their own idea their own ideas, really. But most importantly, their own ideas about what was right and wrong. And so you need a society where you just go with what your superiors tell you in that respect. Like if they're doing something wrong, you can try to correct them. But like you ultimately, it's a very hierarchical society that these guys were talking into. So it did not seem so unnatural to say that, yes, plurality of opinion is in itself a social ill. It is what, you know, why I think some people have critiques of our culture now. Like, it's not even a real culture. You don't agree on enough to be a culture. To be a culture. Yes. Wow. We have economic, we have like laws and things like, well, I don't care what you think. If we obey the laws, those are the thing we agree on. Then like, that's fine. We can work out the rest of the stuff. Like, we don't have to. But clearly that's the thing that's still in debate. Like, if you feel like we need to police Racist speech, for instance, like, isn't that a thing at least that you can't just allow diversity of opinion about because that actively corrodes the fabric of the society if half the people hate the other half or whatever. Yeah. Or free speech, just so long as it doesn't attack free speech, is the only un- unprotected free speech. Free speech that tries to silence is, yeah, you see a lot of that getting leveraged out in the political sphere right now. And it's super annoying, Mark. We kind of have hit our time. Do you have any more comments? It was so great always to hear the two improvisers talking about their... Talking shop. Yes, talking about their relative experiences. Any more thoughts along those lines relating to the two things we did today or our philosophy topic? Marla, any any last words of wisdom to share? Not right now. Come, uh... <laughs> <laughs> that was an experiment. I was breaking I, we, the form. We nailed it. We I nailed it. I never put I the guests on the spot like that. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. So, okay. Wait, but Bill, did you like outline what yours was? No, it was just this idea of drawing inspiration from outside sources. Oh, got it. It's a real thing. And there's some black magic to it, but there's also mm-hmm. some, there's a, like a formal entryway, this idea of highlighting a small segment, taking, you know, deconstructing, taking a behavior, taking something that strikes you, but then how you then represent that, how you then isolate it and present it in such a way that it gets the spotlight is very much down to the player and what their own sensibilities are. Totally. That sounds like a great improv lesson, not one necessarily that we really explored too much on this particular episode, (laughs) but we we could come back to it on another one. In terms of more can. exercises of this sort, as opposed to, I'm going to ignore your exercise and start a scene based on something I already <laughs> thought of. Okay. Uh, that, that has happened from time to time. That is fine, Mark. That is fine. Um, oh, and I know the philosophy point was, you know, more just an idea of, yeah. do we need customs? We're just post-customs. We're a society that doesn't need to do this anymore because we're just so authentic with each other mm. and we're all mm-hmm. friends and we don't... Uh, <laughs> That at least was a question that I think we did get to explore a little bit, though. Yeah. I don't know. So between those two lessons, oh, Marla, you now have to decide <laughs> yeah. for every given episode, is it the improv or the philosophy that has won? This is oh. an, an ancient form of this show mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that at yeah. one point may have been more meaningful. No, it was. <laughs> I think it was never meaningful. 
<laughs> but it is a tradition and we yes. honor yes. our yes. past in order okay okay it would be oh, a grave insult to not decide <laughs> to <meta>. not <laughs> little confucius will object if you do oh, not no. make a decision <laughs> wait is, is little confucius like an ongoing bit no you just he said i've only read a little confucius <laughs> okay. and i just got the idea of the little confucius, little confucius. and i'm not gonna do a, a chinese really accent funny. in a high voice that would be very <laughs> offensive so do you do you have merch because i see merch in the, in the little confucius there. yeah little confucius <laughs> little stress ball you can put them on your desk mm-hmm. i'm sitting in your little p- coat pot your shirt pocket you know? i don't know oh my God, i don't yeah. know the amount of reverence that folks have for confucius <laughs> in, yeah. in different parts of the world. I know if you did a little Mohammed line, you'd definitely get in that trouble. Would, that'd be rough. If you did a little Buddha one, I think that'd be okay. There's a lot of like cute little fat Buddha statues like and stuff. Like yeah. pro- that probably exists already. But a little it's Confucius. It's probably at Urban hmm. Outfitters right now or something. Yeah. 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 It might just be kind of um, like a little George Washington <laughs> or something. You know, that'd probably be okay. <laughs> Renowned philosopher George Washington? Um, oh gosh, if I do have to choose, I Bill, I'm sorry. I know we go way back. That's fine. I understand. We're way back. That's but fine. I will be thinking about this idea of forms and I will be talking about it with people and I will yeah, it stuck with me more. Sure. So yeah, yeah. it's interesting. And now my brain's like, oh yeah, where are where are they? Where are they everywhere that I don't see? Because they're probably everywhere, right? Probably doing one right now. Well, what's kind of coincidental is that in the improv world, different shows are called forms. What are the rules of this thing? What are the, mm-hmm. and it's like, what form are you doing? Uh, yes. Yeah. And those structures allow us, paradoxically, more freedom, right? To well, play. <laughs> so Freedom through well, restriction. And our, mm-hmm. our form is now that we're breaking up this, uh, this thruple and uh, saying goodbye <laughs> to the people. Uh, <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you so Marla. much, Marla. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me. This is so I great. Learned. So great. I learned so much. This so was fun. fun. Well, I learned yeah. a lot from both of you today. And I learned a lot from both of you. And scene. All right. Hope you enjoyed the show. Get more at philosophyimprov.com. If you want to support the show and not have to hear any more commercials and get our post-game segments where Bill and I and sometimes guests will elaborate on some things that came up in the episode, reflect on the future, and share our recommendations in the philosophy and comedy worlds, you can see options to do that at philosophyimprov.com slash support. Thanks. Baby, I